of kind of singing a siren song and getting you close enough that it can just swirl you down the drain, just swirls you down the drain. And so we see in our story how that he wasted it. It sucked it out of him. He got down there and he thought he was having a good time. But then we see his walk. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said he was empty. I, now I'm going to tell you, I, I see a lot of Instagram stories. Now I'm just preaching tonight. I see a lot of Instagram stories. I see a lot of Snapchat stories. Uh, I, and you know, a lot of teenagers in our church think, well, I preach today. He's he dumb. He don't know nothing. Because I stand back there and I grin. I pat you on the back and hug you on the neck. Tell you. But I see things. I know if I, you see all those stories. Uh, and it, boy, it looks like a good time, doesn't it? Out there, the red solo cup. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's having a big time. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The flip side of that's a lot of loneliness. Uh, the flip side of that's a lot of emptiness. Uh, uh, the flip side of that uh, is a lot of, hey, a lot of want. Uh, and that's exactly where he ended up at. Uh, he ended up in a place where he was empty. Uh, he was in want. Uh, that's the way the world does you. Uh, the world is suck you in. Uh, but then the world will drop you off. Uh, and you've got nothing to show for it. It's lonely nights. Uh, and it's emptiness. Uh, and that's exactly where this boy finds himself at. Now watch this. The party crowd is gone. We see his waist. We see his walt. We see his will. He has hit rock bottom. He is nearly broken. Then we see his words. Note this with me, teenagers. Inside his mind is a dialogue. It's inside your mind right now. Some of you are thinking, this preacher is crazy. I wish he'd shut up. I'm ready to get out of here. He's old fogey. He don't know what he's talking about. That's the kind of dialogue, that's the kind of dialogue that this boy had when he walked away from dad's house. Dad's crazy. He's always held me to high standards. He's always respected, he's always expected too much out of me. That old man needs to get with the times. Uh, I've got a good time to have. That was the inner dialogue. And I'm going to tell you something. Hitting rock bottom will change your dialogue inside your mind. All of a sudden, the voice inside his mind has changed. Uh, the wind is blowing the other direction. Uh, and he begins to be in want and he begins to think about home. Uh, and he begins to think, boy, dad wasn't too bad. Uh, boy, living at the house was all right. Uh, oh, dad's got servants that could take care. Uh, oh, dad's got food and I've got none. Uh, and you see you out there, uh, there's a way uh, of hitting rock bottom and the winds in your mind change. Uh, and all of a sudden the inner dialogue changes. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. You listen to me tonight. Uh, you'll never change your ways uh, until God changes that inner dialogue. Uh, until you get to the bottom, your heart breaks and that inner dialogue changes. That's the only way that things will ever work out in your life is when he brings about a change of that inner dialogue. Party crowd, the party crowd was gone. Think about this. There is in this story the possibility of stones. What do you mean, preacher? Well, what that boy did was a capital offense. He could have been stoned to death for what he did. He got to thinking about home and he got to thinking about dad and here's the decision he made. He said, that's a chance I'm, worried, I'm willing to ch- take. Uh, 
I'd rather be stoned to death at the house as to die down here in the pig lot. I'm going back home. And he took that chance. There was a question in his mind. Would the father forgive him? Would the brethren be accepting? Would his friends understand? All of those questions plagued his mind. But maybe you'll give me an amen right here. I'm glad to report to you that there is a father at home that cares. There is an accepting father that loves you. I don't care how far you've been. I don't care how wrong you've done. I'm glad there's a father. Well, hallelujah. I'm glad there's a father in heaven that stands with open arms and allows you to come back home. Amen. And is able to help you to feel like you belong again. Then I'm going to mention this. We're going to give an altar call. Think with me, if you will, about the pathway toward home. Now there is a distance. Home is now the far country. Did you think about that? And home is just as far from the far country as far country was from home. I see this a lot. This isn't just a teenager thing. I see it in middle-aged people. They want to run the aisle, cry a few crocodile tears, and feel like that fixes it all. That's the first step, but it won't fix it all. Because it's a long journey back to, the, back to the house from the far country. But now I want to say this to you. Are you listening? Everybody listening? I want to say this to you. Listen to me. Whether you're young, middle-aged, or old. If you're living in the far country and you'd like to get home, the hardest step, the hardest step is the first one. I was reading about Apollo 11 went to the moon. Uh, it's 480,000 miles. That's a pretty good trip. Round trip to the moon is 480,000 miles. 95% of the fuel that was on Apollo 11... They burned getting out of Earth's atmosphere, 95%. That's about 6,000 miles out of Earth's atmosphere. So the rest of that 480,000-mile trip only took 5% of the fuel. What are you trying to say? The majority of the energy was expended trying to get out of the Earth's gravitational pull. The hardest part of getting right with God is that first step away from them friends. That's, that is, that's where the gravitational pull is the hardest. Every step after that, it gets a little easier. But the biggest step is stepping away. But the first step is the most necessary. So this old boy... He said, it's a long ways home. There's a distance that I'm going to have to, there's a distance that I'm going to have to walk. There's this pull of the world that I'm going to have to overcome. Then there was the discouragements. But then there was the development. He said, okay, step one, step two, step three. He's getting easier. Step four. Step five, and the more steps he took, the more all of a sudden there's a pull toward home now. He breaks the gravitational pull. 
He breaks the gravitational pull of the earth. And there's a pull toward home. We'll show you something. Somebody give me a quarter or a dime or something. Who's got a quarter or a dime? Let me show you something right here. Look at me. Let's take it. We'll show you something. Let's take this quarter. There is a law, in, there's a law, a spiritual law of the law of sin and death. All right? Now I'll ask you something. What's going to happen when I drop this quarter? Straight to the ground? Everybody agree with that? Would anybody be amazed if it flew up to the ceiling? <laughs> Me too. That would be some kind of trick. Everybody getting older. It's going to fall to the ground, right? Because there is a law of gravity. And it's like the law that Paul tells us about in the book of Romans of death. The law of sin and death. All right? All right, so let's watch. Sure enough, that quarter fell straight to the ground because of the law of gravity. Now watch. I'm going to show you something right here to be a blessing to you. Watch. That's true 100% of the time. Unless it is acted upon by another force. See, what happens when I drop this quarter and stick my hand out is that there is a force greater than the gravitational pull <laughs> at work on this quarter. Gravity says this quarter's got to hit the ground. My hand says, oh no, I can lift it up. You see, while there is a law of sin and death, there is also a law of the spirit and life. And that law in its operation is greater than the law of sin and death. And so even in our sin, the Lord is able to work with a greater law and do greater things in our life. Here's what the world says about you. She's done. Look at there. Sin and death. He's done. He won't make it. Look yonder. Sin and death. What the Lord says is through life, and the Spirit, I can act upon it with a greater force and lift you to greater heights. Now, I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to get an older call. Daddy walks out on his porch. He looks down the road. One morning, as he walks out on the porch and looks down the road and rubs his eyes, <laughs> he says, that's my boy. Now watch this, covered in hog manure. Hair growed out, beard growed out. He said, that's my boy because he looks like my boy. Now he didn't run to the far country. Listen to me, parents. He didn't run to the far country to get him. He allowed him to hit rock bottom down there and head back. But once he started heading back and he seen him, you know what he did? Ran to meet him. And that boy said, I ain't worthy. He said, I don't hear that. Dad, I'm covered. I don't hear that. Come here, son. And he embraced him, hog manure and all. Now, I'm going to make this statement. While I am not for rescuing him, 
I think sometimes when they're heading to the far country, you just got to let them head and hit the bottom. What I am for is as soon as you see them turning around, heading back, go and love on them. Hug on them, hog manure and all. Tell them how much you love them, how much you're glad they're coming back. That's what the Lord does. The Lord doesn't look at anybody and say, "Ah, I'm not going to let you come back. You've done too bad, you're too nasty, you're too dirty. You can't, no. When he sees his children coming back up the road, what does he do? Runs to meet them. Now I'm going to ask you, give it, give it all recall. How far was the far country? How far is it? How far is it, parents? How far is it for your kids to get to the far country? Are we, are we keeping the far country far enough? Is it far? Is it foreign? You, where are you living at personally? You say, well, my feet is at home, but where's your heart? And I've kind of, I've kind of tried and, and pushed this toward our young people, but it don't have to be young people. It can be middle-aged people, older people. Hey, all kinds of people go to the far country. All, kind, all ages go to the far country. Are you living where you need to be? Are you living where you need to be? I'm going to give an altar call here in a minute, and here's what I'd love to see happen. I'd love to see mom and dads that would say, Lord, help us to keep the far country far. Our church should keep the far country far. I'm not going to make this a message about contemporary Christian music, but I will mention this. One of the biggest problems that I have with contemporary Christian music is it sounds like the world's music. And how can you keep the far country far if our music sounds just like their music? Even if you change the words around and it's, it's Christian words, if it still sounds like the world's music, it makes it awful hard to keep the far country far. Our church should want to make the far country seem so foreign that nobody would want to go there. I'd love to see some parents that would say, Lord, help us at our house to keep the far country far. I'd love to see some, I'd love to see some folks at the church, just church folks, say, Lord, help us keep our church where it's the far country is far. I'd love to see some teenagers get around this altar and say, Lord, I don't want to dwell in the far country. I want to be home. Safe, secure in the Father's arms. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach tonight. Lord, would you touch some hearts? Would you help us to keep the far country far, foreign? Lord, would you help some teenagers in this building, God, to commit their hearts to stay near you? Lord, we want to... We wanna, we want to serve you with a loving heart and want to be, be wrapped up in your arms. God, I pray today, Lord, that you'd just do a work in Jesus' name. The altar's filling up. There's room for you. Preacher, I want to keep the far country far. Brother Thomas preached a great message. Preacher, I want to have a burden for my lost loved ones.
Whatever your need may be, I'm going to get my altar tonight and ask the Lord to help me keep the far country far from my young'uns. I want it to be so foreign for my boys and for Reagan. I want to feel so out of place in the far country. God, help us, church, to keep the far country far. We prayed for these teenagers this morning. I want us to, I want us to pray so hard for them. These teenagers are in this altar tonight. I want us to pray so hard for them that they keep the far country far. 